Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I've had Pillow by Wild Red on repeat all day. So I had to hit pause and jump back in the studio to record this intro. I was fortunate enough to travel back to the SWB to talk to TK. He plays in Wild Red, The Fire, and Choice to Make. Three awesome bands that I encourage you if you haven't heard of them. Uh, hit pause right now and boot up your Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Bandcamp, or wherever you listen to your music and search those bands and get into them. Uh, all very awesome. It was really fun to talk to TK. I, I feel like it was a long time coming. We had a brief introduction at FYA back in January, and there was uh, mutual respect there, which I appreciated. And I always knew that I wanted to eventually have him on. It just took a bit of time. Uh, but it was finally awesome to to get to hear and have him on the podcast and hear about his upbringing and how he got into hardcore and kind of ended up in these awesome bands. So I hope you guys are out there staying safe and keeping cool because it's actually getting pretty warm uh, this week. So stay cool, stay safe and enjoy this podcast. So without further ado, please welcome TK to the podcast. All right, and we're live. Welcome to the podcast, TK. How's it going, man? Thanks for uh, having me on the show. Oh, dude, this is awesome. I'm, I'm always stoked to have anybody on from your area. Uh, shout out to SWB. I, I just, you know, everybody from your state um, that has ever come on the podcast or even talked to me behind the scenes has always been so nice and kind to me. So I, I really appreciate it. So I'm always stoked to have somebody on from your area. Oh, yeah, dude. It's, it's an honor. It feels good. I, it, I've, like, been following your podcast for quite some time now, and it's just, like, kind of funny i'm just like checking people off the list from like wilkes Bear. like everyone that plays in a band it's 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 nice to hear everyone's like stories and stuff yeah yeah for sure and like i'm i'm like getting to the point where like damn like who's left because like i i obviously like i never want to go to like you know a certain well too many times but uh you know just talking to nate prosciutti and him just like you know having such high praise for the people in your area um and him just like i said like you know before in the past he's like you know giving me uh like this list and he's actually giving me like an updated list of people that he thinks that i should have on the podcast and i i respect his opinion and uh everybody that i've gotten in contact through him has just been amazing so that's why i'm always down to have people on from your area yeah that's awesome i'm glad that nate's been uh helping out that's what he does best honestly yeah for sure and i'm i I, and i'm super grateful to to him too because i uh because i feel like he took a chance on me uh me being like a random person at the time contacting him on facebook of all places which i, I don't like frequent too much but um you know him just taking a chance and willing to do it and you know it just kind of spawned into this friendship like him and i um you know talk like pretty often yeah yeah i actually remember that he was like one of the the early ones you did right like yeah yeah i i look at everything like like you're either in like the pre 100 era or you're like post 100. So it's just like, yeah, he was there like pretty early on. I think like, uh, like off the top of my head, he was like, like episode 30 something. Damn. And how many are you up to right now? Uh, 
this episode will be episode 154. 154. I like that number. That's sick. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's pretty insane. Um, I go back and think about uh my first interaction with you like in person was uh, at fya uh, i'm not sure if you remember that but when i uh, was at the merch booth i i do remember it. it was like so brief though we didn't i feel like we i remember you came out to the van too we didn't really get like a good chance to like get a conversation and i feel like i think everyone was kind of scattered yeah, no, no, no. Um, I, I just remember I went up to to uh, buy a shirt. I, I bought like that that new design. It was like that purple design, and uh, Nate gave me some extra stuff. And then you handed me a tape, and you're like, "Yo, like, thank you for you know having people on from like my area. Like, I, I appreciate it." Uh, you said something along those lines, and I was like, "Oh wow!" I was like, "This is awesome!" Like, because I, like I don't like to ask for free stuff. So like when you handed it to me and you said thank you, like you were thanking me, I I felt like you know like pretty stoked on that because I I just like when um you know, people like like you know let me know that they're listening oh yeah i mean dude i just i really like think it's so cool like what you're doing with like the whole thing and like i love wilkes Fair and have been a part of the scene for quite some time now and it's just so awesome to just you know like you get like i said you get everybody on your podcast like sharing their stories and whatnot i just i don't know it's cool it's like good exposure for our area as well for sure. And I've always been curious. I'm, I, I kind of want to like, you know, dive into your origin story because uh, for me, my first like real exposure to you was um, you playing in Choice to Make, but I, I kind of want to take it back to the, be- the beginning and kind of build up to where you're at now. Okay. Like, where do you want me to start? Like, from the first band I was in or like from going to shows? Yeah. Like, did you grow up in the Scranton Wilkesboro area? Like, how'd you get into hardcore? Uh, okay. So this is actually like, a very I, I like this story a lot so the way i went to my first show is i was skateboarding at a park in kingston um it's like right next to this police station across the street from dairy queen and i can't remember what friend was there with me it was either my friend sean or tyler but uh i'm skating at the park and i see these two other kids skating and the one kid you know is just like yeah we're, there's this new venue opening down the street it's uh was like three blocks away from my house and i go to the show and that was in 2005 and it was title fight the party animals in this band called sun driven and my friend jamie who i met at the park skateboarding was the one that told me to go to the show because his band was playing so i think it's cool that my first show was title fight and that it was through skateboarding as well yeah that's that's pretty awesome, uh, especially like uh, for, for like such a like big band from your area. So for that being like your first exposure to like this whole like, you know, like subculture, I, I think it's pretty awesome to look back on. Yeah, it's definitely crazy because it was like 2005 and like Title Fight's probably only been playing a couple shows. But like when I went to the show, like there was like so many kids from like my middle school there. It was like going to like a middle school dance. But like there's like, you know older kids there too but there were just so many people because like you know this local band from middle school was playing and it was insane how packed it was it was, it was kind of crazy and when you showed up for the show and saw so many kids from your school there did you kind of like ask them like hey like how come you've never told me about this or like what are you doing here uh no i think it was like kind of like everybody's like first time like really going to a show because um at the time there was like uh a venue in Wilkes-Barre, but it was kind of like downtown and like maybe not always in the best area or had like the best things going on there. So when there was like a 
venue that was just like you know in the town of Kingston, just like this safe little like suburb area. You know, all these like random kids are just like, oh yeah, this band's playing. They're like from my school, and like that was pretty much. I think it was just like everyone's first go. I mean, half of those people don't go to shows or anything anymore, but just at the time, it was like a cool experience for everyone. Yeah, and you mentioned you were in middle school. How old were you at that time? I was in um, seventh grade, so... Damn. So maybe maybe 13 or 12? Yeah, 12 or 13. And, uh, yeah, I went to two shows there. Both times were title fight shows. And uh, then I just, like, didn't go to shows for, like, probably, like, six months after that because that venue was kind of run by title fight. And, like, obviously we were just, like... They might have been like early high school and stuff and like it just didn't end up working out in the long run but it was like a cool like introduction to go to shows there for the few shows that they had so you went to that uh, title fight show and when did you kind of be like all right i'm into this kind of music like going to see bands like this live is awesome uh how did you start discovering new bands so after that i didn't really like go to title fight shows for a while i just kind of like wasn't really into what they were doing specifically at that point. But, uh, so the way, the reason I started going to shows again is maybe about six months later, there was this band called the briefs that were playing in Kingston. And, uh, I was obsessed with the skate video at the time. It was called black label blackout. And the skateboarder, Patrick Melcher skated to this song by the briefs. And they're like, a kind of like a street punk type of band, you know, like spiky punk and everything like that. And uh, I went to that show, and that just blew me away. It was like the briefs, the antibodies, and this band called Riverside Riot. And after that, I just was obsessed with going to like spiky-haired punk shows, like street punk shows, stuff like that. And that show really brought me in. And that's it's kind of cool because like that was through skateboarding as well, you know, just figuring out this, finding this band from a skate video. So you're in middle school. How'd you find out about that show that the briefs were playing? Um, so my friend Tyler Warner, um, actually had that skate video and I don't know how it came about, but just, it got to our ears that they were playing in the town of Kingston, but at a different venue called Backstage Enterprises. They're probably around for like two or three years, that venue. But, um, yeah, they were just playing there. And, uh, I remember there was just like, maybe like rolling to this show with just like 20 of my skateboard friends and just like, you know, seeing people like circle pit and just like having fun, like old drunk dudes like jumping around i just thought it was like the coolest vibe ever and uh yeah i don't i don't know how i actually found out about the show but we ended up there and it was awesome and as far as you being a, like a little kid did you have to like explain to your parents where you're going or did you just kind of sneak off and just head out to the show and didn't tell them yeah i mean that was more of my my vibe so basically like where i lived at that time um i could go to the end of my street make a left and it would be three blocks till I got to the future, or I could make a right and it'd be three blocks till I was at Backstage Enterprises, which is the, the second venue. So it was like always just like short walk away from my house. So every weekend when I was like, probably from like 2006 to like 2008, I would just like go whatever $10 I had that weekend, I would just go see like any show, but preferably a punk show. For sure. And I, I guess it's not, or back then it, it still wasn't strange to kind of just like wander out by yourself as a kid. Cause I remember growing up, uh, I, uh, lived in this neighborhood called the, the cove back home. And it's like, just like a giant grid. And I, my parents actually live there now, but, um, when I lived there as a kid, 
we just kind of roamed around and found kids that lived in like the neighboring blocks and we would like kind of all link up at the local park or we'd walk to like the circle k and as long as we were home before dark and not getting any trouble like our parents never really cared but i feel like these days like it's not really like that for kids um i feel like kids these days probably just like tend to stay inside a little more oh definitely yeah when i was like when i was like early teenage years and stuff i was never home like I, I would even just go out even if i didn't have money when i was like a you know 13 14 year old kid i would just literally go to the venue and just stand outside maybe not even talk to people but just kind of like hang out and that's kind of just always been my vibe <laughs> no i i definitely get that because before i started working was able to make money i never really liked to ask my parents for money just because i always felt weird so i would either have to like save up my lunch money all week just to be able to have uh, money for gas and like money to get uh, a ticket into the show and just enough to either eat after the show or to get like one shirt and there'd be times where i would just like i'd still want to hang out with my friends that like didn't go to shows so like i would have enough money to catch like the public transit to go to the local mall and just walk around and just do nothing as a kid but i i feel like when i was younger and started going to shows that was like my main focus like everything that i wanted to do was like you know it had to do with shows i, I didn't care that i had to skip lunch at school because i knew at the end of the week that the friday or the saturday i was you know headed out west with my friends and we were going to see some awesome bands and like you know not having lunch all week was going to be worth it Oh, yeah, dude, that's just how it is. When you're, like, a, I mean, dude, I've been going to shows since, like I said, like, 2006-ish, so, like, that's, like, the only thing I still care about, really. It's just, I don't know. It's just a, a live music is, like, an addiction almost. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I remember, so I, I grew up in the Palm Springs area, and at the time, the local scene was, like, okay. Like, our, I feel like our scene back then, like, it was just always just okay, and as hard as uh, people out there like Steve Kipple, uh, my buddy um, uh, Kobe, his dad let us like use his warehouse, which was weird and crazy to think about at the same time because he like ran his business out of there, but still like let us use it for shows. My buddy uh, Justin um, Ventling towards the end, uh, you know, trying to or kind of took the reins and started booking shows. Like it was just always just okay. So like for us to actually like want to get like the awesome shows, like we'd have to drive out of town so it was always like an hour and a half or two hours away and i was just always like i would have so much fun like just to drive up you know bonding with the friends and then go to the show and experience how, like how wild and chaotic that would be but then always we'd have to you know hit the two hour drive home always get home super late and i always just thought about how sick it would be if i didn't have to do that two hour drive home after the show and eventually i moved out to where all the shows well, where all the good shows were happening and now it's just like such a trip to me because like now I, I just it's like a 15 minute drive to like the closest venue to me and it's just like it's definitely wild to think about now because it's, it's like I, I was like jumped about what it would be like to be so close to like an awesome venue but like you know here I am now in my 30s and like I, I'm like in the like thick of it yeah definitely I I kind of feel that way like about the like the how the punk scene was and like wilkes Fair, like, I felt like there was, like, no, like, you said you would have to travel to go to, like, cool shows or, like, the better shows, and, like, I kind of felt like that in wilkes Fair, like, with the punk scene, but then it was, like, I was, like, oh, like, yeah, like, there's, like, no good shows really going on around here, and I would be trying to, like, you know, go see whatever show in Philly or something, but then I didn't realize that there was, like, a whole, like, hardcore scene just right under my nose that was having the craziest shows of all time, like, you know what I mean, in wilkes Fair. It's, so, it's kind of weird. 
And at one point, did you realize that there was like such a thriving scene or a hardcore scene in your area? Well, yeah, kind of like the, the the transition for me was kind of like um, the punk scene in Wilkes-Barre was just so whack towards the end, like maybe like 2008-ish. Um, it just seemed like everybody was just like way more into like getting fucked up or like, you know, just like would rather just get like pissed drunk instead of just, you know, going to the show or like they wouldn't even go in the show. They would just hang outside and like that was like their thing. So, like, I was kind of, like, I mean, I was, like, getting, like, drunk and, like, smoking blunts with the boys. But, like, when everyone started getting, like, too fucked up in the punk scene, that's when I kind of, like, I was, like, what else is, like, kind of going around here? And I started meeting, like, other people in my area. And that's kind of how I started going to, like, more, like, hardcore shows in the area. And I just thought that was, like, way sicker. There was, like, more people going out to the shows and, like, having more fun, more bands to listen to. And do you remember the like the first actual like hardcore show th- that you went to was? Um, well, I can't remember. Well, the first show I voluntarily went to was like before, I was still like a punk kid, and I remember seeing like Wisdom and Chains, and I thought that was the shit. I remember they covered like Cox Bar, and I was like, this band is fucking amazing. And I always liked Wisdom and Chains, but the first show I would say I really went to was probably like a show at a uh, Foose's house. He was like the bass player in Dead and Path. But he used to have some um, uh, shows in his living room. And this dude I skate with, uh, Dave Lewis, he's maybe three or four years older than me. But he took me to one of the shows there because he played in this band called The Early Birds. And uh, that's kind of how I started getting kind of connected into like the hardcore scene a little bit, just hanging out with uh, that dude and going to shows at Foose's house. And when you started going to the, um, those shows at that house, was there ever any overlap with your punk friends? Um, maybe like a little bit at first, but like, they all like, really like a lot of the kids from Wilkes Bear, I hate to say it, were just, some of them either ended up dead or just like addicted to hard drugs. And that was just something I was not going to accept or really be a part of. So I kind of like ditched from, from like the, the core, like punk scene kind of early here, I feel like. Okay, no, I I definitely get that, and I, I feel like that's probably a, a good choice. Like I, I remember I was hanging out um, with some people that I'm still friends with today, but we're just um, not super close. But we used to hang out like all the time, and but then like they started getting involved in things that I just uh, kind of had to like sit around and like kind of realize like wow, like this isn't for me like as much as i love these people like i gotta kind of switch it up like i'm like you know going to like my buddy's apartment and stumbling across like a friend shooting up heroin and then we're like showing up to like brawl dudes and like people pulling out guns and stuff and i'm like dude i i just that's not what i'm about like i'm not trying to uh you know start gang banging or start doing like hard drugs like i just that's just not what i'm into so i I literally had to kind of shift gears and kind of find like new people to hang out with and and it sucked because like you know talk about you're so close with these guys for like so many years but then you just kind of realize like damn we just kind of went off in like two different directions so like as hard as it was for me like i just had to make that change because i I could just never see myself like you know doing the stuff that they were doing oh yeah dude i feel the same exact way like some of the kids dude like these kids and most of them are like 17 just like getting drunk and just like fighting whoever they could like on the streets you know what i mean that just I don't know, just not my way, but doing things. And they all, like, got burned out and, like, weren't really about, like, listening to the music anyway. They kind of just wanted to wear, like, patches and 
spike their hair and just get shit faced. It just wasn't that cool to me. I mean, I like getting drunk and shit, but like not not every day and fighting every person I see. Yeah, because that <laughs> that doesn't always like work out, you know, in the long run. Oh, exactly. Okay. So you started going to those house shows. Um, when did you uh, pick up your first instrument? Because I, I know you is playing bass and choice to make, but I'm not sure if you're um, versed in any other instruments. Uh, no, I, start, I I played bass in this band called The Waste for like a second. Uh, then we were like a punk band, but we played like one little show and it wasn't anything big. But then um, in 2010, um, when I was starting listening to like a little bit like when I was like more in the hardcore going to shows and meeting more of the people in my area, me and some kids from high school, we started this band United Youth. And that was the first band. Like I really played bass and kind of got a bass for that band technically. And <clears throat> that was that. Okay. And then you guys just kind of had your run and you guys just called it quits. Yeah, we played, we put out a record um, with locking out and back to back in 2010 and, played shows consistently for like two years and uh i've played every once in a while since then but not very often and then i played in this band called life of riley which was uh like a punk band i was in after united youth um which was put out on expression records and uh yeah then just like choice to make came after that and how are you uh, approached to playing choice to make what was that? How are you uh, approached to play in Choice to Make? Oh, how was that approach? Um, actually, Nate had like a demo worth of songs. And um, it was me, Nate, and I can't remember if Caleb was there on the first practice, but it might have been me, Nate, Caleb, and uh, uh, our old drummer, Adam Bell. And uh, yeah, Nate just hit me up. He had some songs and I went over to his house. He just like kind of moved down from Scranton. And he lives down the street from me, so it kind of worked out. And yeah, we just jammed at his house a few times and got the demo done, and everything's kind of just been flowing since. And um, did you just know Nate through just going to shows in the area, or how did you um, get to become friends with him? Well, it's actually weird. I've I've been seeing Nate around forever. Like he could tell you, like he remembers me when I was like a little punk kid and stuff. And uh, we were always, I, I always kind of like knew of Nate, but I, we booked a show together, me, him, and a mutual friend of ours. Um, we booked like a Wisdom and Change show. It was like Wisdom and Change, Trapped Under Ice, and Crime Watch. We like built a stage and booked a show together. And that's kind of how I first really got um, talking to Nate. And then he just hit me up kind of randomly about being in Choice to Make. And uh, that just, I don't know, made the friendship better. And we just kind of been hanging out ever since. I'm glad though. Uh, he's a good friend to have honestly for sure no that that's awesome that that's cool that you guys were able to you know put that show together and kind of just start you know that bond and grow it stronger from there yeah yeah dude the, the show was sick and uh i think that was like a big thing for us you know like we just communicated well there got got along well and uh yeah then choice to make just kind of came like maybe maybe like four or five months after that i think the sh i think that's when we did the demo Hell yeah. And I, I remember when that demo dropped. I, I remember I was on Twitter and my buddy uh, Keith Freeman, he had reposted it. Uh, he's like, oh, check out this new band. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, I, I'm always down to 
see what's like you know going on when, when people post links i, I always try my best because I, I see so many you know new demo whatever on twitter or instagram so i, I always try to do my best to uh, check it out when i have time and, and i remember checking out the, the the demo and just being really really into it and I, I still am into it to this day so like that's what like what wanted or that's what led me to actually reaching out to nate to, to want to have on the podcast back then because i was like yo like this new band uh is awesome like i, I want to try to you know like tell more people about them so I, i'm definitely soaked on it and I, i'm very happy to see the growth that you guys have had since the demo thanks man yeah it's, it's been an awesome it's been awesome so far i feel like it's just been growing since the start and uh yo shout out keith though sharing demo links does help and that's very much appreciated it's hard to get your music out there so i'm glad that that link set it off for you you know what i mean yeah because i it's so easy for for people to record and put things out and i i feel like the like uh getting it out is like like not that hard but just bringing the awareness and actually getting people to like click the link or actually take the time to open up the spotify or the apple music and actually listen to the music i think that's the hardest part because there's just so many uh, you know being thrown at us like constantly because there's always new bands or um, the established bands are putting out new music so i, I feel like um just to get the person to take that step to actually check out the music like once you're there um you know the, the music will speak for itself but yeah like it, it's it's important and it's cool that that people do that so um I, and I, I don't think i've ever even told keith that he's the reason why i listen to your band but um, yeah uh, people posting links it, it does help out so um help your friends out post their bands and try to help spread the word Oh, definitely. I mean, if, you know, some random guy is just posting his band, most likely I'm probably not going to listen to it. I, unless it like, you know, it has to have like a lot of like feedback or something, you know, or like mm -hmm. a friend has to recommend it to me. So it's like nice when I see when I see like a friend like re retreat a, a band that they like, that gives me like more of a reason to listen to it. Because I'm not like going out and just like, you know, searching for, you know, very rare, like just demos, you know, of new bands. So it's cool when people share the links and everything and, yeah, no, you know, draws my attention to it. Yeah, the, that's fair because the, the, there's not really like a place where you can easily like search up like new hardcore band demo. Like I feel like the only times I ever figure out about these new demos are because of people posting them on Twitter or Instagram. Oh, yeah, definitely. I kind of miss the Blogspot era just because that just made getting music so so much easier. You could read descriptions before you downloaded it. Oh man, that was a shit. Yeah, everything in one place. Yeah, um, you know, I I used to like outside of like uh, um, MySpace. There, I, I found the the, the B nine board like really helpful. Like, like people would <laughs> people would be brave enough to to post like their band's demo or like a friend's demo, and obviously like a lot of the times they're met with like a lot of scrutiny because uh you know people are just like really critical when it comes to new bands uh people like to act like they're unimpressed but i that's was a great resource for me because like all right cool like if they're gonna post it here like might as well take the time to check it out like I, I i'm always like looking for new music to listen to yeah i never really got on the b9 board too much but uh i feel like i heard stories of like whole world getting like hated on back in the day like when they first were drop coming out like on b9 but now that's crazy because they're like the one of the biggest bands in hardcore right now it's pretty funny yeah yeah and it's probably just one of those things just because uh you know uh when a band 
sounds different or is like trying something new people just are unfamiliar with it and don't really know how to react so it's just, it's just easy to to hate something that's like brand new that nobody really likes if that makes sense oh yeah oh no definitely i mean people find a reason to shit on anything honestly so there's no surprise yeah, and it just hit, like takes time. Like people kind of have to um, just kind of give it time for people to kind of just listen and grow and bond with it, and you know, kind of like uh, understand it. Because I feel like uh, there hasn't been too many records where I listen to it on the first go and be like, "All right, cool, this is like the records." Like, no, like I, I like to um, listen to it at like different points in life, like you know, while I'm driving home or on my way to work, or if I'm just chilling in my bedroom, I'll uh, you know, I kind of oh, put yeah. it on and just try to like read. There's a mood for every for for different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, it, it, and like, um, yeah. So, like, records just click with me at, at different times. It, it's rare that it's just like boom, like right off the jump. Like, okay, this record's like my new favorite record. Yeah, it, I feel like it takes time. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. You know, a record I did love this year. First go, first listen, straight through. Let's hear it. The big, the big cheese record. Have you listened to that? Oh, you're talking about uh, Punishment uh, Park, or right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, is that the name of the record? I think it is. I think so. But whatever that record is, I'm bad. I'm bad with like titles and record names. But that record is so fucking good, dude. Yeah, it, it's uh, Punishment Park. I, I just was like digging into like you know in my brain for that uh, name. But yeah, great record. Like <laughs> awesome band. Uh, I, I was really into it. Like some band was, just hit first go, and that was one. That was a big one for me. I, I really like that record. Okay, I remember. Uh, I listened to uh, the Neverending Game record like the night it dropped. I, I was with some friends and I, I, I guess they had a plan, but I didn't really know. I, I just kind of like, you know, got roped into these plans, but they had planned like a listening party and we all sat in the living room and just kind of like listened to the album like front to back. And I was like, okay, I was like, this is, this is pretty good. Like front to back and for them being like, like, you know, for the first like um, full length, I was like, this is, this is really good. And even to this day, like that, that record still holds up. Oh yeah, definitely. I think the LP rocks. It's 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 pretty crazy too because I feel like they didn't really have like, you know, they're not really like a big touring band or like, you know, have a ton of music and then they just dropped that fire LP. It was, I I was blown back by that. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, same here. So uh, that was sick. But yeah, there's always just so much good music and like I said, there's like always like a constant flow of, of new music and even right now, like during like the current state that we're in during the the pandemic like it, it's cool that bands are still uh you know taking the chance and dropping new music and so yeah it's, it's just never gonna stop but i like it yeah definitely i hope a lot more bands start dropping music because uh i don't know i just feel like i need something new to listen to right now yeah like i i know uh, some bands are trying to hold off and wait because they had plans for you know fall and, and they're hoping by then things will be better and they will be able to not just drop the record, but actually like, you know, tie like a show to it or um, do some sort yeah, of like definitely. rollout. But, but I feel like, yeah, who knows? Um, you know, the, the, the window's closing. We're a uh, little past halfway through the year and it uh, doesn't look like things are getting uh, better here in the States. Yeah, I don't really see any shows happening anytime soon kind of a bummer but i still hope bands continue to release music even though they they can't tour off of it but what do you think about those underground shows that are happening i I actually just saw like some people and like and it's because of um my um you know the people that i follow were like liking these tweets are the only um 
way I, I stumbled upon them because I, I have no idea who these people are that were arguing, but it's like some fight over these um, bands playing a show in I think like North Carolina somewhere. And I, I know there was like two underground shows that happened in Pennsylvania. Um, so I was just curious, like what your thoughts are on that? And w- do you think you would participate in something like that? Um, Honestly, I didn't really know about, I know there was like one show, I think I heard, I didn't know there was like multiple shows going on, but um, I personally don't think I would participate uh, just because I don't know what, you know, a crowd of people have been doing the last couple weeks. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, teach their own. If you want to go to a show right now, go to a show. If you want to play a show, play a show. I think I'm going to wait it out personally until this like kind of blows over. But that's just my, my opinion on it. No, that's fair. And like, uh, I don't feel like there's a right or wrong answer. It's just whatever your personal preference is. And um, yeah, like I thought it was uh, cool that they were able to pull off uh, like a a show during this whole thing. The the fact that there were so many people who are willing to participate and the fact that it wasn't really advertised, but they still had like a good number of people. I I found that pretty interesting. But I I feel like like a couple weeks ago, um, when the ones that happened in your area, I, I know we were kind of like trending in the direction of, okay, things are getting better. But then this week and uh, last week we're like, nope, like we got to kind of revert back and try to, you know, calm this thing down because it's getting worse. So we, like, you know, I felt like we were getting better, but now it's getting worse. So it, it definitely like are strange times and yeah, shows happening right now are, are definitely uh, kind of up in the air. I, I don't know if I would go, um, I don't know. Maybe I'd have to see the lineup if I'm being honest, because I'm just so curious to to, to see what things would be like in this climate. Because I know there were there were shows like the last show that I went to technically did happen during the pandemic. It, it was just right before it got crazy, before the whole quarantine and shelter in place stuff happened. So it was like early stages. Yeah, Choice to Make actually had to cancel like our record release. Um, like it was like literally like right on the borderline of just like shutting everything down. It was kind of a bummer, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't really feel the need to go to a show currently. Like, I don't know. People just need to like chill out for like a little bit and stop rushing everything. And I think, I think everything will be back to normal sooner than we think. <clears throat> yeah. Cause I, I feel like we were so close. So I, I feel like, and I, I would like for people to kind of, you know, hit pause on, going out and doing stuff so we can try to beat this but uh i i went to a protest uh in long beach i i spoke about this i think on the last episode but i went to this protest in long beach uh got there kind of late so i wasn't really sure like what was going on so i i showed up and i was listening to people speak and i didn't know that there was going to be a band playing so i saw some like random punk band play for like 20 minutes and i was like oh this is kind of weird because i was like in my mind i'm like i wonder what the first band's going to be that i see back but then it's just like oh no surprise i'm at this protest and this punk band just played in front of me and i didn't um, you know i i stayed and watched and i was like oh this is pretty interesting because I, I it was just felt kind of weird because I, I hadn't heard live music in such a long time so just standing there i was like oh this is so strange i forgot what this felt like such like a weird environment too, I guess, for like a a band to play. Yeah, no, for sure. Because I, what, what, what <laughs> you I, know, I don't know. I feel like there's more important things that could be done at a protest than a band playing. When I hear that kind of music, like I, I, I want to, you know, jump around, jump on people's faces, uh, you know, try to headwalk. But there, I was kind of like, okay, this is like a peaceful protest. So I'm just gonna just mind my business and you know 
enjoy the show. Vibe it out. Yeah. Hell yeah. <clears throat> and uh, so choice to make you guys um obviously you know signed to flat spot which is awesome love that label you guys made it out to fya which i thought was uh super awesome uh, it was my first time seeing you guys live can you talk about what your experience was like at the fest FYA was awesome um it was like the first time i really got to do like a tour as a band so that was cool um with one step closer and wild side started in syracuse uh, the whole trip was awesome. Um, FYA was really sick. I, I like the the place that I was in. Um, Never in a game probably had the best set, in my opinion. I think our set was pretty good too for being. I can't remember if we played second or opened, but uh, either way, it was it was awesome. I had a, I had a great time at the fest. Bob killed it. Yeah, I I have nothing but good things to say about that fest, and I I just love talking about that fest because it's probably been like my favorite weekend of the entire year. Just uh, finally being able to go out to Florida and experience that fest was awesome, and just uh, meeting a lot of people that I've met you know online finally in person was cool, and just the whole vibe. The fest was awesome. Everybody that I, I interacted with was nice. A lot like all the bands played uh, amazing. There, I can't think of one bad set. And yeah, and that room was so awesome. I, I remember walking in and just thinking like, wow, this room might be too big. But once like, you know, it filled in in the show or, or the fest started, I was like, no, this is perfect. This is amazing. Like, I, I hope they have it there next year. Yeah, I like when the um, I like when the merch is in the showroom because I feel it just people stay in and actually like watch the band more. They did that at United Blood like a year or two ago where they had all the merch upstairs. And I just think it creates for like a better environment, so that that that's cool too. Yeah, and, and especially for people doing merch, they can still kind of get a uh, like a good view of the show. Oh yeah, exactly. It, it sucks when you're like doing merch for somebody and you're like around the corner, <laughs> can't really watch the show. Yeah, I I used to like when I was younger, I, I thought that'd be like the coolest thing. Like I, I want to do merch for a band. And then I remember, like the first time I actually did merch, we were like, like, out, like we we're like outside, and I was like, wow, I can't see or hear anything. This isn't that fun. <laughs> oh yeah, it definitely sucks sometimes. I was I was doing merch for Wicked Phase on a tour, and there was a few shows. Um, I think one was at the Sinclair in Boston, but like, you're just around the corner from like the stage, and you just can't see anything going on there. Yeah, couldn't yeah. do the show at all. And you just want to hope that the people next to you are cool or you, or you have like a friend there with you to kind of like help stay entertained. Oh yeah. Well that, that, that's what was sick because, uh, I was doing merch for Wicca phase and, uh, glitterer was on the tour. So Ned was just doing his own merch and there was just a good vibe there. And anxious was there. That was, that was awesome. The merch, the merch was fire. <laughs> yeah. Anxious. Uh, I, I saw them tweeting today or did they start recording the new record today or, or did they start writing? Um, I'm, I think they, I think they record, I, I haven't talked to them, but I think they're recording. I talked to, I talked to Ryan a few weeks ago and uh, he was showing me some new anxious songs and they were pretty dope. So I, I assume they're probably just recording them because those were like rough demos that they had. Dude, that's awesome. I, I can't wait for new music from them. I, I think that band is so sick. Love everything that they've put out. Yeah. Yeah. They're dope. Yeah. I like them. I like the last straw. All those dudes are great. 
Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Connecticut, such a uh, strange, like, I, I feel like I spent one like night in like New Haven. I was on like some like uh, like East Coast trip, and I, I feel like I, I kind of cheated myself because we got into our Airbnb in, in New Haven like pretty late, and I was just like grumpy and didn't want to go out. And my friends went out. I, I think they went to like a strip club and like got some pizza, and I was just like, yeah, I don't Sounds care. Great. Yeah, I was like, I was like, you guys go have fun. I literally don't want to do anything. So I, I I got to New Haven, went to the Airbnb, like went upstairs, jumped in bed, woke up the next morning like got in our car and we just left and went straight to uh, i think we went to boston right after i mean that sounds about like the the same as like any situation i've ever had in connecticut i feel like i've never like i've been there for a couple shows maybe got like a hotel there and then like never did anything in that state <laughs> yeah I, I felt kind of guilty i actually have an uncle that lives in uh, connecticut and like um he's like my mom's like older brother and i she wanted me to go see him, but I was like, I'm so tired. It's late. I don't want to see anybody. Yeah, right. Yeah, so maybe next time. It, if, if I ever make it back to Connecticut for some weird reason. You never know. Okay. So so you play in Choice to Make, but you also play in a couple other bands. There's a band called Wild Red that I'm really curious about. Uh, Yeah, Wild Red is a new band that I'm doing um kind of pop punkish uh i don't really know how to describe it the best but uh yeah it's me ryan from one step closer um our friend pat he plays in that band west point and jonah who writes all the songs and sings um he's on he goes by fantasy camp is like his artist name but uh yeah it's like a new band and uh just put out a demo we got some more songs on the way be dope hopefully play a lot of shows when when this uh coronavirus blows over and uh just curious do you play bass in that band yeah i play bass okay i play bass ryan plays drums um pat plays guitar and jonah plays guitar and sings um that's so sick i i feel like my favorite song off the demo is pillow oh yeah yeah that, that song's great yeah i i uh, jonah Jonah, a.k.a. Fantasy Camp, just kind of, he already had everything done. He recorded it with Pat. I think he played all the instruments, staying on it. And then he kind of, like, reached out to me and Ryan about playing in the band. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how that came about. Yeah, that's so sick. Like, I, I appreciate that you guys have the lyrics up on the band camp because uh, when I was reading along to him, I was like, dude, I was like, like i i feel so like emo listening to it but i'm like i, I love this song just uh just lyrics are awesome <laughs> and just yeah it's such an awesome song so a fair song off the demo um but on the band camp it, it says that um it's released uh via dark medicine uh can you talk more about that how you guys like you know partnered up with uh dark medicine yeah so uh dark medicine it's run by my friend matt and my friend adam and they've always, you know, they've always done um, stuff with Jonah for his fantasy camp projects. And I know Jonah showed them to Matt and Matt was just like really into it. And uh, they just, they, I guess they're going to put out the demo. Um, I think we're going to release a video through them, just like some other like little things, but uh, just got to record some new music and then. I think we're just waiting for the video to come back to put out the demos. 
cassette tapes. Okay. Well, yeah, that's sick. I uh, like what uh, Dark Medicine has been doing because I know that they, um, you know, put out some other bands and they put out like a lot of merch exactly. recently. And they're Wilkesbury based, so yeah, that's, that's awesome too. Yeah, love the local support. I I, I was thinking it's awesome when, I'm, especially like when you guys are kind of like, like you know all just obviously you guys are all friends, but you guys all come together and just like support each other and just like through like the music and like you know the merch. I I think it's so cool. Oh yeah, Matt Matt Wren, he's he's a grinder. He uh, I don't know, I can't praise him enough. He's done a lot for me and my band, so it's awesome that he's like helping Wild Red out as well. Okay. And I'm um, lasting wild red. I, I was curious, uh, the guy who did the artwork, uh, and I'm going to butch- like butcher his last name, uh, Joel, uh, Kirschenbaum. Do you know a whole lot about him? Cause I, I was looking at his Instagram and I was like, Oh wow. He has like this like distinct art style. And like, I was looking at all the other stuff that he's done. And I was like, I, I was tripping out cause I, I didn't know about him until I, uh, you know, saw his name on your guys' band camp. Oh uh, yeah, actually same. I, I wasn't um, too familiar with him, but, uh, Jonah, I uh, got this friend with him and hit him up to do our work and stuff. And I love the way it came out. I followed him on Instagram instantly. I, his style was really great. But yeah, I don't, I don't know too much about him, honestly. Just decided to do the artwork. Yeah. And I, I, I thought it was cool that you guys, you know, uh, kind of um, went the extra step for the artwork for the demo. Cause normally it's just like, you know, bands first release, like normally they'll just kind of just throw some sort of uh, quick layout together. But the fact that you guys kind of went and sought out this artist and got something cool done for the demo, I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, definitely. I think we're just trying to keep it like, you know, fun, but like still want to take it seriously. Um, you know, people have put some money into it. So I think we're just trying to, you know, just try to make it nice, you know what I mean? Not just throw some, like, shit on Photoshop and label it as, like, a demo cover, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, that that's sick, and I'm definitely looking forward to hearing new music out, out of that band because uh, the demo's awesome, but I'm just curious to see, uh, you know, you guys kind of expand on that sound and see what else uh, you guys have cooking up over there. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm hoping that we can record uh, the new song soon and, just kind of get more stuff flowing here. This coronavirus is killing me right now. <laughs> it's like all my bands want to do stuff, but we can't. Yeah, but I feel like during Corona, you put out, um, you know, the Wild Red stuff, and then you just started uh, another band, which I'm like really excited to talk to you about, uh, called The Fire. Yeah, yeah, just did The Fire. Um, it's like kind of like an early quarantine project. Um, me, Nate, and Ryan got together, um, put the songs together, maybe practice like twice and then caught up, caught up my friend, Pat McHale and, uh, recorded it with him at the hive just on like a low key vibe. And, uh, yeah, I think it sounds cool. Just like how a demo should sound for that band. And, uh, can't wait to play more shows with that or a, a show with that band. Yeah. I, I remember cause I mentioned earlier, I talked to Nate, pretty regularly and I, I remember him sending me like videos of him just kind of you know writing stuff on the guitar i was like all right like you know this is cool because like i was you know stoked that he was just sending me like random stuff that he was writing because i'm always interested in, in what he's working on and then he, he would show me like you know like the songs like you know like a little more cleaned up and then i remember he sent me a, a video of him playing um uh, I, I think with Ryan or somebody and like, you know, so I, I heard it with like the guitar and drums and I was always like, Oh cool. Like this is like some, this is like it's actually a thing. It wasn't just something that he started and I just kind of fizzled out. He was actually like, you know, it was actually like, had some momentum 
And then I remember seeing on Twitter, I, I saw like a thread. It was um, uh, like uh, Bob Wilson and Joe Hardcore talking about it. And I was like, what the hell? I was like, I didn't even know like it dropped. So I was like, I was like so surprised. I was like, oh shit, like, like it's out. Cause like, I didn't even know you guys like, you know, finished recording or even had like a, like a like window of release for it. So I remember seeing it on Twitter. I was like, holy crap. So like I went and checked it out and listened to it, like recorded. And I was like, oh, this is so like strange, but cool. Cause like, I remember hearing it when it was just like, you know, guitar in the early stages. But now like I hear the final version with everything recorded. I was like, oh, this is so sick. Like, I'm like really happy to hear how it finally turned out. Yeah, man. I think I, I like how it came out. Uh, it was a quick process, and uh, since the demo, like it was just when we recorded, it was just me, Nate, and uh, Ryan. And uh, since then, we kind of locked in a new, a full band. Uh, Tommy from What's Up Closer is playing uh, guitar, and Mike Zeminski, who played in Life of Riley with me, is playing the second guitar too. So it's cool that we have a band now, and I honestly just want to write another demo as a full band and put that out there hopefully as maybe like a second quarantine project and and uh, i'm just curious because uh you you play bass in the other bands uh had you ever done vocals for a band and uh were you um like stoked on hearing it for the first time they uh or when you guys kind of came together and um, had the whole thing ready for you to you know put lyrics to it uh yeah doing vocals was sick i actually sang in a band once before called killing machine back in like 2016 i could link in the demo or something but we played some we played a couple cool shows like five cool shows and then uh i don't really know why it ended but yeah it just we just stopped one one day but it was cool we played a cool show with um who was it, it was like no tolerance and uh waste management in philly that was a fun ass show but uh yeah doing vocals was cool i i prefer this like a little bit more than what i was doing before in the other band Cause I just love like early two thousands hardcore. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, hearing you guys or hearing the the demo, it, it definitely feels like a throwback to you know that era in hardcore. And I feel like you guys do like a really good job on doing that. Yeah, thanks, man. I was just like, I just wanted to be fun, chaotic, and just like short songs, you know. Just like I feel like that's like captures that sound the best, and that that's what I wanted. <clears throat> Yeah, no, it's it's cool. Um, I I I enjoy that. You know, bands just kind of you know straight to the point. But sometimes I feel like uh, it it leaves me wanting more because like when when you see a band that has like a short set list, um, or a lot of songs that just aren't that long, I I, I just kind of sometimes find myself like wanting more. Like shit, like I I wish this set went a little longer. Yeah, definitely. We should have. We're definitely gonna write some stuff soon. I don't want to just like sit around and then like. A year goes by and I'm just like, oh shit, remember this demo? Like, maybe we should play a show or something. So I kind of just want to keep some momentum behind it and just keep writing. Yeah, for sure. You, you got to keep that momentum going because uh, this is uh, obviously came out during the quarantine. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of people want to see you guys live because it's because it's like always cool yeah, to kind of um, be able to show up to a band's first show. Definitely, we're supposed to put out some tapes and a t-shirt soon too uh the different point of contact i think is supposed to put it out but i i'm not sure what the the news is with that nate was handling it oh that's that, that's awesome that I, I honestly haven't heard anything about that but that's cool i i would love yeah. to have a t-shirt yeah i forget what the the, the label is called i feel like such a jackass but uh yeah he we got hit up by 
one of those dudes to put out the tape. So hopefully they come kind of soon. Hmm. Now I'm trying to think. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Um, who, who did the artwork for the demo? Because I, I think it's just so simple. It's like the fire, but uh, but it's cool. Oh, okay. So my friend, da- so it was uh, my friend Dana Takis um, did it. And then um, his brother, Chris Takis, uh, help like clean it up. It's just like a super simple thing, but uh, yeah, they. I, I thought it looked cool. I just I told uh, Dana when he was doing it, I was just like, bro, I just want it to be like simple, like doesn't have to be crazy, just like a demo cover, you know. And that's what he came up with, and I was I was with it. Yeah, for some reason the um, I feel like the yellow background goes really well with it because it could have been like you know just white or just a black background but i feel like the, the choice to put on yellow for some reason just um really you know just uh, sets the tone and uh, makes it look like you know pretty awesome yeah i, I love what they did with it um yeah Dan, dana killed it on the artwork he's a really good painter okay good like artist. well I'm, I'm definitely stoked on the fire demo 2020 Definitely look forward to seeing um, you guys you know, get out there, uh, play shows, and put out more music. Yeah, hopefully we can. It's pretty much all of choice to make. So, like, hopefully we can just play shows whenever choice to make play shows too. So, yeah, I, the shows will be flowing for the band. Yeah, I, I feel like that's like one benefit of like sharing members is um, you guys can kind of you know maybe just like tour, but it's not extra people. You guys just kind of switch around and. Uh, it's like two two for one yeah exactly that's kind of what made it so easy with uh one step closer choice to make tour because i think caleb was filling in for um one step closer and then we osc and choice to make share members already so it's all, it's just nice getting in the band with just like all your homies and just vibing out yeah yeah and, and it's something cool to see um, you know, obviously you guys are talented and um, switching up on, on the instrument. So it's always cool seeing, you know, uh, like somebody playing something different. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Oh yeah. Everyone's killing it. That's awesome. So uh, to, to, to think back about how you started going to shows um, when you were in middle school. So I, I feel like you've kind of been there and kind of got to experience like all the different phases of uh, your scene because I know there was like a point in time where there was like a lull, not a whole lot of, um, you know, bands popping out from your area, not a whole lot of things happening out there, but I feel like there's been like this resurgence, like recently, obviously like the older bands, like, you know, some of them still do shows like uh, cold world, um, you know, hopefully title fight in the future. Uh, but like when I look at bands, like, you know, choice to make worn, one step closer uh i i feel like you guys are kind of like the the new wave and like kind of putting on for your area like how does that feel to be a, a, a part of this new generation that's kind of like you know doing big things for your area and kind of putting you guys back on the map does that make sense i i think it's sick um wolf's fair has gone through so many different waves of you know lack of venues or just bands and uh it always fights back so uh, it's cool to see like where we're at currently, um, com- you know, you know, uh, maybe like 2012 ish. We had we were having like the craziest shows ever at Redwood, the so crazy it was insane. And then you know the next year it's kind of like a drought, and then you know maybe you get like a year of that. So when you get like a group of bands that are down the to tour and play shows together, it just makes everything so easy. So 
it's honestly like a big effort between Warren once they're closer and choice to make to kind of keep everything going. And uh, I think it's awesome, honestly. It just doesn't make it boring. And, uh, you know, the scene's always thriving. So it's cool. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's important, uh, especially like when you look at somebody like, uh, you know, you who's been around for such a long time. Uh, I, I'm sure seeing the bands like come through your area and the bands from your area, like, you know, doing awesome stuff that had to have like had some sort of like, you know, um, like, you know, inspiration for you to play this music and kind of keep it going. Cause if, if you think about it, what you guys are doing with your bands, you guys have the hive, like you guys are definitely going to have to inspire the next generation to kind of, you know, pop up, start new bands and, you know, keep the music scene going in your area. Oh yeah, definitely. And I I feel like I've been, you know, always on that tip of kind of keeping things, keeping things going. Like even when like one step closer first, like all those kids start, start coming around, you know, I was always putting their early bands cause I used to book, I mean, I still book a ton of shows, but I was booking a lot of shows for a minute, especially when like the one step closer dudes were starting to get into hardcore. And I always put their bands on shows, always put random new bands on shows and just, you know, just all about keeping it going. And, cool that people are down to start bands and let me book them yeah for sure and i i think it's awesome that you uh, you know the person booking the shows are willing to take that chance on newer bands and kind of just kind of giving them like that room to to grow and just get that exposure because uh if a new band pops up and people like, you know, promoters aren't giving them a chance, um, you know, they're either going to have to go and book their own shows and figure it out their own way, or they're just going to, you know, fizzle out, which sucks because, you know, them just not getting that exposure or being able to get these opportunities just because the um, promoter doesn't want to give them that chance. That sucks. So the fact that you're willing to do that for the newer bands, I, I think is really awesome and important. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always tried uh, my best to, you know, any band really because you never like you book one local band that you know might be new but they're gonna draw they're gonna bring 10 of their friends probably hopefully you know so you just got to give the bands the opportunities and get them to play out and i think that's the most important thing if you book the same show every weekend no one's gonna give a shit you know yeah and i'm, I'm curious uh, how did you get into booking shows because i've talked about it before on the podcast but i've tried to book one show in my life uh, well technically two but second one i don't really want to talk about publicly but the first one just failed horribly and just like deterred me for like the longest time and even to this day like i, I think about it i'm like oh, it's such a headache i don't even want to try this um well the first show i ever booked was in i was like 13 or 14 i booked this band from connecticut it was like a punk band paid them like 50 bucks and that was the first time i ever booked a show pretty bad on my part but then uh years later um Matt Wren was kind of uh, slowing me down with like booking shows in the Wilkes Bay area, and uh, nobody else was nobody else was really booking shows. So I was I was just on a mission. I just started booking every show I could. I started booking shitty shows, and then started booking good shows. And then the venue that I was booking at consistently started getting like a like a built-in crowd of like the one step closer kids and like some younger kids and some people traveling. So. I don't know. I just, I just kind of took it on my own and kind of ran with it. I would hit up Matt Ren if I had questions or needed help with something, and he was always there to give me the advice that I needed. And uh, yeah, it came pretty naturally and easy because I've just kind of worked with bands for like just being in bands and stuff. So it wasn't like a hard transition or anything. Yeah, that's wild. But that's um, cool that, that you're able to stick it out and actually had somebody to be able to reach out to and get that advice and be able to keep you know booking shows. 
Oh yeah, me and Matt Matt Ryan has helped me with so many shows, and he still books shows occasionally, like a bigger show. But yeah, it was it, it was it was an awesome feeling. Like I think one year I did like twenty some shows in a year, which was pretty awesome. And uh, I started getting like some booking agents to hit me up, and like booking some older bands, and uh, yeah, I started like I don't know, it just started seeing like it was like working, and uh, I think that helped a lot with our area, so that was cool. Now, does that ever get weird having to deal with agents? Um, no, I don't really take guarantees or anything very often. Like most most of the time, if like a band or an agent hits me up, I'll usually just be like, "If you want to do a door deal, like that's cool, but I'm not gonna like pay you money. Like, you know what I mean? Like out of my pocket if if this doesn't work. So I don't like struggle with that too much. I just try to like. I just tell him I'm going to punk it up. If you want it, let me know. If you don't, fuck off. Kind of. Yeah, no, that that's cool because you, you don't want to like put yourself in a tight spot if, if the show doesn't draw and then you have to you know pay this uh, booking agent you know thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did take a guarantee once and uh, it's pretty expensive and I like just made it by like four people or something and then I was just like, I'm not... I'm not going to be like biting my nails over this anymore. I'm just trying to like book a show. I think it's fun and like mosh at the show. I don't want to, uh, you know, be an accountant for the gig. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause at that point it's just like, that doesn't even sound like fun. That just sounds like, like work. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, most bands that I've booked will probably say that I paid them pretty fair and all and I usually get a lot of great feedback, especially, you know, when bands play here and they're just like, wow, like we've never played here before. And like these, these kids might not even have heard our band, but they're here moshing anyway, just having a fun, like just having fun and like being themselves. So I feel like it's always just worked out and bands enjoy coming to Wilkes-Barre. I like booking shows and the wave. So when the pandemic ends, are you going to throw an awesome show at the Hive? Is that the plan? Uh, yeah. I mean, hopefully. I'm. I just. I mean, I haven't like hit up any bands, but I plan on just trying to book like a free local gig. You know, maybe like Warren wants a closer choice to make acupuncture, the fire, five band show, free gig. Yeah, that sounds super sick. Uh, and I'm hoping that we won't have to wait too long for this thing to. Uh, and I say blow over, but you know it's been here for for so long. But there's other countries who beat it, so I uh, hope that we can get there too. And we'll kind of look back at uh, this part of 2020 and just be like, holy shit, we survived! Like time to kind of move on and enjoy the rest of our lives. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I think it's hopefully we can just get our shit together and get these numbers down. We'll be at a show sooner than sooner than we think. Yeah, and then we can uh, bring choice to make to the West Coast. Yeah, yeah, we I we definitely I definitely want to play the West Coast. I've been to the West Coast for shows numerous times, but like never got to like play with my band there. So I'm really trying to do that immediately. Oh, what shows have you been out here for? Um, I went out there. Uh, shit. 2012, I did a tour with uh, the band Dead End Pass okay. and went to Town of Fury. Uh, and then I went to 
Destroy LA, I think in 2015, with the band Stick Together. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Okay. And then, and I went to Sound of Fury in 2017 with the band West Point. Oh, that's sick. The Sound of Fury. 20- so I've been, I've been out there a few times, but yeah. I've only just been like road dogging out there. So yeah. But It'd be it, cool to actually like play a show. Yeah. It's time for you to take the stage and uh, yeah, show everybody what choice to make it is made of. That's what I'm saying. I'm just trying to get on that California stage and just let my heart rip, you know? Yeah. Get out there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember uh, talking to Nate because I was like, dude, we need to get choice to make out here to the West Coast. I, I feel like you guys would, uh, you guys could like do like a sick run from like the, the Pacific Northwest all the way down to Southern California. Yeah. I, I think we were like talking about it for a minute. Um, this summer we were going to try to go. Cause I think one step closer was going to play sound and fury or some shit like that. So we were going to try to finesse our way out there. Maybe not play the fest, but just, play some shows but uh obviously that shut it down so yeah maybe better like next year or maybe in the winter months or something yeah hopefully i I, and i i totally forgot that like you know there's still like a whole um crop of bands because obviously uh, um i kind of you know ask around to see uh who's got the invite or what but there's like yeah a, a ton of bands that obviously didn't get to be announced because they had to pull the plug on the fest uh, but yeah, this year was shaping up to be something like pretty awesome. Yeah, I know. Like one step closer is playing, and like Wicked Phase is playing. I was like, damn, trying to go, you know, see the boys. That, that sounds dope. I was, it, regardless of choice to make was playing or not, I was probably gonna try to roll out to it. Yeah, and, and I feel like this one, since it was gonna be, um, you know, in, in a new venue. Um, so new venue, because I feel like they were at the Belasco for the past two years, and there's switching it up leaving uh like downtown la and going up to ventura i, th- I thought that was like a, a really cool move because it's like being so close to the beach it definitely brought back those like real like summer vibes because I, I feel like being in downtown la um and like thinking about like what sand and fury is like sand and fury reminds me of summer like I, th- that's what i like what comes to mind when i hear that name so uh them you know bringing it back mm-hmm. to the beach i was like okay this is an awesome move because this this feels like a vacation because driving to downtown la is like not that far from where i live um so but actually driving up like you know to ventura which is a little further i was like okay cool this actually feels like i'm going on vacation it's just far enough out where like i don't really want to drive back and forth each day i actually want to just like stay out there and just kind of you know be on that vibe for the weekend so i was really looking forward to it and definitely bummed that it it didn't happen but definitely crossed my fingers and hoping we can get back to it next year yeah that definitely sounds like a way better vibe than like just driving to the venue and then back to your house at night like getting like the full experience of just like getting a hotel with your boys like an hour or two away and like seeing the show hanging out yeah a great time yeah and um well like last year buddy and i we got like a airbnb which wasn't like too far from the venue so we just like rode in like uh these like electric these electric scooters that you could rent so we just like rode them to the venue which was like pretty convenient but uh i I think like i would rather prefer the beach vibe versus being in like the downtown area yeah definitely the one year i went um it was in santa barbara and that was awesome because it was like I remember there was like a skate park nearby and like a beach nearby. And I was like, this is the coolest shit. Like any band I don't want to see, I can like still do something awesome and then go right back to the fest. 
Yeah, and I, I I feel like I'm you know where it was in 2012. That was the the Earl Warren. I, I feel like that place was like cool. Uh, some like awesome years at, at, at like you know that venue, but um, definitely was curious to see what it was going to be like in the or at the fairgrounds in Ventura. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even know. I thought it was still in like downtown, so that would have been cool, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just curious. Uh, are Are you familiar with uh the bar stool uh, pizza reviews? Uh yeah yeah yeah. I think bar stool is actually like funny. Okay. opposed to what other people think of it <laughs> okay because uh the the prez or whatever they call him he's uh you know been in your area for the past couple reviews i'm not sure if you got to catch any of those videos yeah i saw he um i saw he reviewed jerry's and angelo's which i thought was pretty crazy and sabatini's which is a low-key spot but yeah pretty cool yeah and for me um uh, a person who's never been to Wilkes Bear, like that's all, I, all I, like all I ever hear about. Um, you know, pizzas like you know, Jerry's is the spot. I, I know Choice to Make has like a, a shirt with a guy wearing a Jerry's uh, t-shirt or a hoodie. I, I can't remember which I think is like pretty funny. So I'm just like really curious to like finally get out there and like try it for the first time because I, I hear like so many good things about it. So seeing uh, it being reviewed on on Barcelona, I, I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah, dude, we got the best pizza ever here. I mean, I'll say this. I'm an Angelo's guy. I think Jerry's is good. I respect Jerry. But everyone probably comes on here and tells you Jerry's is the spot. I like Angelo's a little bit more. Wow. And why do you prefer Angelo's over Jerry's? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just curious. I, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. Why do I? Okay. I don't know. I just I like that they're like kind of mean. Okay. Is that weird? Like. No, I've, I've I like heard that. that it's like, I, I just think like going there and like getting your pizza is like an experience. Like, it's it's maybe not as crispy as Jerry's, and I think I like that a little bit more. Okay. Oh, wait. So I just I just like I just like the environment there. The people there are reckless. Like it's it's I don't know. The pizza's great. It's just like I don't know. It's like a, it's like a thing for me. So <laughs> somebody like you who's a like a veteran of getting pizza from there, they're still mean to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I went there way before I went to Jerry's and would go there all the time. So maybe that's why I'm a little biased towards it, but I love it. That's interesting. I, I feel all like... I'm saying, all I'm saying is if you have Donna wetting into your pizza pie, it mixes with the sweet sauce, and it becomes a flavorful, crazy pizza. It's delicious. Okay. I, I feel like you're going to get a lot of backlash. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just picturing everybody that I've ever talked to about pizza from your area is just like, just going to be ready to text you um, as they're hearing this uh, portion of the podcast. So I, I, I think that's yeah, pretty funny. Fuck you, man. Um, but yeah, I, I watched those videos and I was like, you know, pretty surprised because I'd never actually seen the pizza. I've just heard so much about it. So finally being able to see it like on video and kind of get to, get to uh, see what it looks like and like the integrity of the pizza. I'm like, wow, that actually looks like really good pizza. I'm actually really curious to finally try it and see what it tastes like. Yeah, man. If uh, you got to come out here, bro, dude, I, you I, need to, you need to like come to the Wilkes Bear and then we can just get like a line of people and do like a, a live podcast. Everyone <laughs> can sit down, share a couple words, move on. Well, that'd be the real Wilkes Bear vibe. <laughs> okay, um, I, I've so 
I had this plan, but um, obviously it's like up in the air. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll like talk about it in full um, since like I, I mentioned it like one podcast like a while back. I can't remember, but I, I didn't really go into too much detail. But I had this plan to go to Wilkes Barre, and I, I, I still plan on going um, as long as uh, uh, SDBB Volume Two still happens. But my plan is to to fly out there with my uh and i say film crew but it's really just two people uh steven um who uh, runs 197 media uh, who filmed like all of like ldb and just does like um, awesome videos he filmed my episode 100 so um, he's like a good friend of mine so fly out um, with him and my buddy uh, garrett who i hang out with all the time the the plan is to fly out to um, wilkes bear for SWB volume two and i was gonna um link up with nate and then we were going to try to get some people, whoever was available. I don't know who's going to be in town or who's going to want to even do it, but just try to round up a couple of people, link up at the hive and kind of just have some sort of conversation. So that's the plan, but I'm not sure, you know, where we're going to be at, um, you know, um, if it happens, but that's like potentially the plan. So there it is um, laid it out publicly. I hope people um, are stoked. Like I'm stoked because like, that's like my dream is to go, uh, to Wilkes Bear to experience the show and to hang out with like all of you guys. One hundred percent doable. That's got it. That that sounds like a lot of fun. You should definitely do that. Yeah. But even if it doesn't happen like this year, there's, there's gonna be more shows. Yeah. No, for sure. I I feel like at this point, like I I'm like I've had so many of you guys on and I've talked about your area so much. Like I have to get out there at some point. So right now the plan is um SWB SWB Volume Two. Um, if it happens, but if not, um, we'll just have to reschedule, but for sure, I, I, I definitely want to go out there just cause I, there's just so much awesome history, like hardcore history. Like, I, I just want to go and just like see it for myself. Definitely. That sounds awesome, dude. Yeah. So, but, but that's the plan. I, I, I hope it, um, you know, happens sooner than later. Cause like, yeah, I, I, I've wanted to go out there for so long. Like, you know, going all the way back to seeing videos from uh, Posse numbers and then just the different um, eras, like, you know, um, since then, it's just like, damn, like, I want to get out there and just see, like, an awesome show. Oh, definitely. You got to, I don't know if you follow the Wilkes Barre Shows account, but you got to see some of the the videos posted on there from, like, the 90s even. So crazy how many people were going to shows in Wilkes Barre in, like, the early 90s. Yeah, for for sure. I, I I definitely love that. I I love that people are able to get a hold of that footage because that's you know '90s. That's like well before my time. So it's always cool to kind of like you know get a peek back um into seeing what hardcore was like before like you know my generation and just being able to see that you know a lot of the same energy is still there and obviously there's still so many awesome bands um you know from that time period. It's always sick to be able to see what it was like before you know your time. Oh, definitely. Like recently, even uh, like beginning of quarantine, I was posting just old show videos on that account. Um, I was like, it was like basically just giving myself like a history lesson of Wilkes Bear hardcore. It's kind of crazy how many different videos there are and from different scenes and types of music. It's so wild. Yeah, it's always fun, and it's always like cool to you know like kind of have that, uh, that uh, appreciation of like what came before you and to kind of, build, oh, definitely. yeah. And to be able to be a, a part of it now and, uh, you know, just kind of keep it going, just keep that tr- tradition alive. I, I think it's like super sick. Definitely. And it's just crazy to me too, that like 
there's people I know who like went to the show in 1992, but are still coming to shows in like 2020. Like that to me is fucking awesome. Yeah, it, it, it's super awesome. So I'm like, damn, like you must be old because <laughs> I I feel old because <laughs> uh, okay I, I'm 31 um and it's always weird to say that out loud because like I I just like I, I'm still at the point where I don't feel my age obviously I I'm 31 but I don't feel like an old man because I, I remember being in high school and kind of thinking like damn if I ever hit 30 I'm gonna be so old I'm gonna hate it but here I am now <laughs> and um you know it's, it's not that bad I, I'm kind of you know just doing my thing uh still going to shows and uh don't feel like a complete weirdo I, i'm not that weird old guy because there was always like this weird old guy that would go to shows and back then i, I thought he was weird because he was so old but now i'm just kind of like now nah. like he was just down for the core that's somebody who actually yeah. loved hardcore and stuck around and still supported so i so looking back now it, it probably wasn't right for me to think that he was just some weirdo um because that's me yeah. now i'm, I'm just older you still go to shows i still like have the passion for it i still love hardcore and i just want to do everything that i can to support it and keep it going yeah that's what i love i love seeing the band strength for a reason so much because they're just like been around for so long and like just seeing people go off to them and like they're still having so much fun is just like the coolest thing to me yeah and I, I feel like bands like that, that that have stuck around for so long and you know consistently put out good music you gotta uh not take those bands for take those bands for granted because like um yeah they've been around for so long and see seen them like you know countless times but that doesn't mean you should stop uh, appreciating or uh, appreciating them because uh they've been around and you know have so much history and have done so much for the scene uh they could just you know decide to call it quits and then that's it it's like damn like you know like a, a band with that much history calling it quits is like always like a little weird so i, I feel like we just gotta just, uh, appreciate them while they're still around and you know consistently putting out good music because it's not that often that bands stick around for that long because like so many bands fizzle out they'll put out demo ep maybe an lp and then um that's it and like you know they've kind of like wrote everything that they could uh for the band and that's it so so for a band to be able to stick around for that long i i think it's pretty special and uh, pretty awesome yeah definitely that's like the case with like, a lot of bands that have come from works forever maybe the last 10 years it's just like record record bands done but i was actually texting nate the other day i was like bro you gotta you gotta write some strength for a reason music because uh i can't take it any longer i need a spin kick or something yeah dude uh, nate uh <laughs> he has riffs because i you know um he's a pretty... i know he's got riffs i don't know what the hell he's doing <laughs> All right, I'll send him a text. Let's uh, take a break from jujitsu and uh, write a record. Exactly, that's what we need. <laughs> okay, I'll, we need more strength for reason out there. Uh, yeah, but uh, but I'm curious. Yeah, that would be sick to see another uh, strength record. Maybe. Um, yeah, this is a little some time. It's you know July. Oh, like we're like month seven into the year. Uh, you know, if you look at how fast the fire came together, I feel like you know, naked just kind of um, shack up with his guitar and oh yeah, write a record. They would kill it. Yeah, it's possible. All right, you gotta uh, shoot him a text after we're done here, and just kind of uh, we'll uh, attack him at the same time, and hopefully um, he'll be down for it. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna annoy him. I'm gonna text him once a day until he can't take it anymore. Okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> but uh, TK, I'm, I'm I'm so happy that we're finally able to get you on the podcast. Uh, you know, meeting you at FYA 
um, till now it, it's been sick. So I'm, I'm stoked to finally get you on here. And I'm happy that, um, you know, you were down to do this. So before we sign off here, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Um, yeah, actually listen to choice to make wild red in the fire and support dark medicine and support Warren and support one step closer to support Wilkes Bear. That's all I give a shit about. And that's what I want the people to, to care about. All right. Well, so I'm just going to shout out all of Wilkes Bear. I love Wilkes Bear. Thank you. Hell yeah. That, that's awesome. Uh, be proud of where you're from. That, that That's so sick. I love when people rep their area. It definitely means a lot to me. And seriously, thank you. This has been fun. Like I said, I, I just love talking to anybody from your area. I, I know the l- list is getting shorter and shorter because I'm having so many of you on, but, but I just love it. You guys are all awesome. So thank you again. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, dude. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you guys again for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Jamer K podcast. Always on top.